Hello, Corky Crime Sisters here. Hello. So our show contains graphic content, so please, listeners, be advised. Been a, been a production, let me tell you what. Yeah. Oh my god, what was that? Fuck! You we are gonna have to cut that out for sure. We are not gonna do that to our listeners. God damn. I don't know what just happened. What? Oh was it because god. my headphones got too close to my yes. microphone? Yes. Fucking shit. Sorry, guys. Hi. 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 <laughs> okay. Shit's popping. Okay, I just want to talk about the fact that we had a really good episode for you guys that we recorded on Tuesday, and it's gone. It got deleted, so now we don't know. Now you're just getting shit. It's fine. Now you're here with us for the ride. <gasps> anyway, hi. Hello. Hello. We're the Corky Crime Seasters. We are the Corky Crime Seasters. <laughs> we are the podcast where two sisters actually like to hang out with each other. <laughs> we even had a steak and crab leg night tonight. We did. It was delicious delicious um this week we like to talk about some killer couples the most stabbiest the stabbiest of the stabby the most codependent of them all yes codependent for sure yes um and have an adult beverage or two or three or four or a can of wine because why the fuck not oh and i'm so hungover today or i was hungover today and just sucking it up Anyway. I believe in her. Hair of the dog is good for you people. Actually, I do feel better. I'm just really tired now, but I do feel better. Good. Yeah. Oh. Oh, cute. And of course, we're recording. We like to just shift it every time we record, whether it's morning or night. So now it's night, and now we're both yawning. Yeah, we're both exhausted. I went to itch my ear through my headphone, and it was not going to work. I saw that. That's where we're at. All right. Well, that itchy bitch over there is Taylor. I am. (laughs) And that hungover bitch who can't hold her liquor over there is Nikki. Bullshit. I can hold my liquor. (laughs) I just had a lot of it yesterday. It was one of those day drinking days and I like drank all day. She really did. Like we, was that yesterday? Yeah. That was it? That was yesterday. Oh, shit. Fuck, I know. So we tried to record yesterday then and. And we started at like 1030 in the morning and yes. I finally stopped drinking at about 7.30 last night. Ooh, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was already at work for like five hours. I know. I know. So anyway, today, um, yeah. So as you may have guessed, we are talking about killer couples, um, some codependent, crazy ass bananas shit. Ooh, codependent couples. That's a good title. Codependent couples. It's It's... My case is like the worst of it. I don't know how else to describe it, but it is awful. I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Can you turn up your gain? Is that what you want me to do? No. No. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Um, so Tay, what are we drinking? We are drinking a can of wine. <laughs> Canned wine. Ooh, ooh, classy up in this beat. Yeah, and we were talking about how the can is super cool because it has like snakes and roses and bones on it. So it's like super fitting. Yeah. Um, it's called Crafters Union. Um, Darren and Eligante Reblen, California. <laughs> Eligante. Eligante. <laughs> Aromas of blackberry, strawberry, and vanilla waft from this ruby colored wine. Supporting a palette of ripe, juicy fruits that intertwine harmoniously with oak and spice. Oh. A wine of daring elegance and outstanding taste. <laughs> One can is equal to 2.5 glasses. Fuck my life. Okay. okay, but pause. Like, regular glasses, I feel like. Cause it says five ounces. Like, you no. know how, like, people don't fill them up very much? No. This baby clocks One glass in. for me is normally, like, nine ounces. Well, this is going to get you because it's 13.5% more than your 11% per sick. Oh. That's fine. 
bring it, it on. It just says premium wine all the way around the top, which is like how I feel like you know it's not premium. <laughs> well, it's in a can, so that's how we know. But you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever, it's fine. <laughs> all right. We were actually at the liquor store, and the lady was like, "You know, this one can is five ninety nine, right?" <laughs> I did not know the one can was five ninety nine, but at that point, I was like, "Fuck it, just I'm taking it. Let's yeah. move on." <laughs> all right. Ooh, oh, I like it. Oh, it smells yummy. I was expecting the like bubbles. No, that was yesterday. I know. We got the buble yesterday. Yamas. Yamas. Oh, okay. I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually not bad. I was really worried about your. Yeah, do you want to try it? I do. Okay. I do, I do. Test it out. Oh my god, my nipple that came out real fast and kind of went up my nose. That's pretty good, actually. It's almost like when you've had a bottle open for like a couple days. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. For a can, not bad, though. I've had yeah. worse cans. Yeah. I've had worse cans. <laughs> oh. Y'all, if you want to buy... <laughs> Sorry, I'm not over it. You know those like wood discs people are decorating their houses with? Look up on Etsy, Gunner's Wood, with an, <laughs> Gunner with an A, Gunner's Wood, and you yes. can buy those discs there, <laughs> and they're going to be handmade right outside the cork cave by my boyfriend. <laughs> yes, we're, yes, we named it today, even. Beautiful. I'm going to make him business cards. <laughs> Gunner's Wood. We're such juveniles. Uh, it's ridiculous. Oh, man, so should we get this going? get this popping we should get this popping um what you got for us today i technically went first in the last one that got lost but because it's lost i'm gonna go first again and i'm hearing nikki's bitchin story over there is cray cray so i want yours to mine be second. is a little bit crazy like i'm gonna show you some it doesn't matter we'll get to it we'll beautiful get to it so i'm gonna be talking about martha beck and raymond fernandez the lonely hearts killers mm, they lonely though we all start in Hawaii with Raymond. Oh. Um, he was born in 1914 um, and shortly 1914. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is vintage again. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Vintage. Um, but like right after that, they moved to Connecticut, so he didn't really live in Hawaii. But he was born in Hawaii, just so you know. pissed. Right? That's like, sh- that's like a shitty that. deal. <laughs> Shit. Um, his father didn't really love Raymond, which is really sad, but because Raymond was, like, sickly as a kid, so he was, like, all scrawny, and his dad wanted a big, tough son. So he didn't so really... He had daddy issues. So he didn't really like his own son. Fucking rude. I literally was listening to a podcast that was like, that's not even fair. You can't just be like, no, nah, I'm not a big fan of my kid. You know who I don't really like? That kid's a dick. <laughs> I think, I think some parents need to adopt that more. <laughs> just kidding. However, he grew up and he grew out of the sickliness and grew into a rather ravish, fine adult. Ravish. I don't think that's the correct word. Ravishing. <laughs> um, he ended up moving to Spain and had four children with his new wife that he had met. Shit. I'd go to Spain. Yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah, I'd live in Spain for sure. While he was there, he served time in Spain's merchant and British intelligence during World War II. So he was part of the military and was doing his thing and doing fine. Okay. Okay. After exiting, he decided to look for a different line of work. And from there that he was able to board, like, I thought I read two of his children, but that doesn't seem right. And his wife on a, on a boat. Okay. I'm going to assume it's all four, but I don't know. <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't like that one. We're leaving him behind. <laughs> yeah, right? Just kind of like his dad to do it. Yeah, kind of like his just dad. Like He's a, like, no, fuck that kid. I'm out. It's the circle of life. <laughs> it's the circle of life. And it leaves you in Spain. <laughs> oh, it's a bitch. Circle of life. Copyright that shit. So, this dude has, like, the worst luck, though, and he was, like, hanging out on his boat, right, doing the thing, which I imagine took a really long time Okay. to get. Not even a long time, but, like, was a trip to get from there to here. Sure. And a steel hatch, like, fell on his head. Oh, God. I know. And it fractured his skull and caused frontal lobe damage on him. Oh, that's not good. 
No, there's not. We talked about this. Oh, you said you might have some this week too. Boom. Ah. Uh, was that last week? That was last week. Damn so it. It's not out yet. Yep. Good call. Anyway, though, there are theories that this damage to his brain was what contributed to his deviant behavior, which there's a lot of research into that. Yes. So he spent about three months in the hospital, and once he was released, um, he decided to start stealing clothing. <laughs> so yeah, seems fitting. He Basically, he got off. Okay, I'll drink. I'm sorry. I said basically. <laughs> so he got off of, like, the boat. Because he got hurt. Because they were just trying to dock wherever to get him off the boat now yeah, at this point. Yeah. And he spent three months in a hospital somewhere else. And then they got him on another boat to get him home. And he was just running around stealing people's clothing? Well, when everyone else was getting off the boat, they were, like, taking people's clothes. So he just decided to do it, but kept doing it. Which is part of, like, this brain damage of, I'm just going to keep doing this. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But this came with a one-year prison sentence. Because, bitch, you can't steal people's trousers. You okay. can't. Okay. He needs his pantaloons, okay? People's got to work, and they need pants. Their pantaloons. During this time, um, he actually ended up sharing a cell with somebody who introduced him to black magic and voodoo. Ah, nice. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But in later interviews, he claimed the voodoo was the reason that women were so enthralled by him. Fuck off. I love it. <laughs> and why he was so irresistible, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. Metal plate in his head and all. <laughs> Reminds me of Cousin Eddie from National Lampoon's yes. Christmas Vacation with the plate in his head. What did he say every time? Every time every time Debbie Sue turns on the microwave, I piss myself and forget who I am for <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> Now we're going to switch gears to Martha Seabrook, uh, who was born in Florida in 1920, so about six years later. Okay. Oh, my people are six years apart, too. That's weird. Yeah. I don't love that. Well, I love that, but it's weird. Yeah. Roger Goodell, I do not care. Yahoo Sports, go away. Okay. Right? (laughs) Fuck off. Nobody likes you, sir. Growing up, Martha was overweight and hit... puberty prematurely uh due to a glandular problem so she got like made fun of consistently and like you know there was always that one girl that like already had boobs in like third grade yeah and a period and yeah so it's, it was her it's not my fault i have a, a heavy, heavy flow. flow that's how i feel constantly <laughs> martha when she describes her childhood it is one of a lot of trauma sure she claims that her brother raped her, and when she told her mom about it, her mom was like, well, that's your fucking fault, and then beat her for it, and told her she was oh, responsible for awful. being raped. Good parenting right there. A, 10 out of 10 would not ever recommend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and due to a lot of that same bullshit, she ran away in her teenage years. I don't blame her. But when she graduated high school, she actually started nursing. Um... She did struggle to gain employment due to her weight, and, like, not a lot of places talk about this, about whether it was, I think it was a different time. Okay. There wasn't laws to protect, like, discrimination, mm, uh-huh. like, about your weight, gender, yeah. race, or anything like that. And also, she wants to be a nurse. If you're overweight, that can be hard. So, I don't know if it's, like, a mixture of, like, the times and what the job calls for. Right, like, maybe what it required or something. Yeah, you know, so she had a really hard time for a while there, but she ended up becoming an undertaker's assistant and would prepare female bodies for burial, which, girl, Mm-mm. sign me up. I'm out. I think that sounds Peace so cool. Peace out, homie. I am not, I'm not down with that. I know you're not. We talked about this before. Creeps me out. I can't do it. She ended up quitting that job and moved to California and then became an army nurse. Okay. Um, She was known as the promiscuous nurse, though. <laughs> oh, get a girl. Get you some. And fell pregnant, which is, like, my favorite saying ever. Fell pregnant. Oh, my God. I just fell pregnant. I, I have no idea pregnant. how. I know how you fell and tripped on and landed on somebody's penis. It was not Gunner's Wood, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> fell pregnant. No, you fell on a penis, bitch. Moving on. Yes, that, that, there's a difference. Uh, during her time there, she... Oh, no, that's not right. <laughs> I'm tired. 
Same girl, same. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure right now, like, if I'm feeling just, like, delirious or if I'm, like, starting to feel the alcohol converge from the alcohol in my system last night. That might be happening. Or what, but, yeah. I'm finally starting to calm down. So I was off my beds for two days, and I thought it was brilliant because I was just, like, happy and off the walls but now i'm feeling calm again and i was like no this is much better <laughs> like, trust me i know my my husband goes oh this is ta- wait you mean taylor takes medicine i was like yeah babe she takes meds and he goes oh that's taylor on meds <laughs> i don't know what we want he's like i wonder what but she's like i'm oh, not on meds <laughs> it's <really> scary <laughs> either way the man that impregnated martha refused to marry her and she ended up returning back to to Florida. <laughs> so you were going to say she ended up returning the baby. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to say she returned the baby. That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. That's not where said that's where my head went. She was returning the baby. Okay, go on. <laughs> no, she returned to Florida. <laughs> um, that makes more sense, yeah. Martha is a character and when she got back to florida she actually lied to people and was like oh yeah we're married we got married i'm pregnant with his baby (laughs) (laughs) he took my baby a baby he took her (laughs) and she told everybody that he died in the war fuck yes i would make that shit up too i'd be like nope he dead though but the whole town was sympathetic with her and, like, published it in the local newspaper and, like, grieved with her and, like... Oh, my God. You play it up, girl. Oh, my God. That's some extra shit. Let's talk about that. <laughs> that is some extra shit. Um, right after that, though, she gave birth to her daughter and quickly became pregnant again by a bus driver. This man's name was Alfred Beck. The two were quickly na- married, which is why she's now known as Martha Beck in, like, history... But divorced in six months. Okay. And she gave birth to her son right after that. At this point, she was unemployed, had two sing- two children, and was single. Okay. So things are not great, right? It was said, which I'm not saying this is something that a lot of people do, but that she used, like, romance novels and stuff to kind of, like, take her out of her own life. Which... I think there was a past life of mine where... I was with an ex, and I used to like that. About that was about the time that like all the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff came out, and I yes. was very and bared to you. I think we yes, both read them. Yes, and 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 it it goes to like I don't even need the like the thought of reading them now. It's like meh, okay, whatever. Right. But like then it was like okay, yeah, this is how I'm like fulfilling things that I need to. But yeah, when you're getting what you need, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Well, and the unfortunate part is it can also. When people feel they need to do that sometimes, it can create unrealistic expectations, especially when you're reading romance novels. That's actually why I had to stop listening to country for a really long time, because I kept being like, oh, everyone should talk to me like that constantly, right? (laughs) No. You mean everybody should tell you that their dog died and that their mom died and that they're sad? (laughs) (laughs) You should call me your honeybee every night. Honeybee. (laughs) Either way. This was her thing that she would do. She was able to eventually find work again in 1946 and worked at a hospital for children. In 1947, she placed a Lonely Hearts ad, which was like this magazine slash newspaper place. It's like our modern day dating websites, but you you put yourself out there and people could write letters back and forth about like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm single and want to mingle. Looking to get it in. This is where Raymond Fernandez has met Martha Beck. You see how we've come full circle. (laughs) In the paper. In the paper. Raymond ended up visiting Martha at her home and stayed for a little while. Martha, once again, this extra bitch, told everybody that they got married, which is not how that works. (laughs) She's just willing it. (laughs) She's trying to manifest the shit out of her life. She's manifesting this shit. She has married every man she has laid eyes on at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Thirsty much? (laughs) Oh, my God. Raymond returned home. He's like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> He's like, fuck this bitch, I'm out. <laughs> we did not get married. A few weeks went by, and Martha ended up being abruptly fired from her job. So she packed, like, all of her things and just showed up on his doorstep. 
I'm home. I'm here. And I guess at first he was fucking livid, but ended up just like indulging it. Um, one of the reasons he, I know, he ended up indulging it because he kind of saw it as a good thing because he enjoyed how much like he, she came like right to his beck and call constantly. Okay. So he was like, nope, this is a great thing due to how he's been, you know? Yeah, no. Duh. So this is where it gets a little rough. Once they kind of got back together, Raymond decided to tell Martha that he had been criminally involved up to this point. <laughs> okay. What he had been doing is he had been placing Lonely Hearts ads, getting with women, marrying them, and then stealing all their assets. Oh, shit. So... So how many wives does this man have well i think like they ended up breaking it off i don't know i don't know if it was like as loose fitting back then i'm not sure how he pulled that part off hmm. but that's what he'd been doing and he ended up telling martha that and martha goes well damn you know what let me put my kids up for adoption and i'm gonna join you so she gives all of her kids to the salvation army both of her kids so that she can join in this criminal like enterprise what the fuck? So she did return them. She, she did return them. <laughs> what the fuck? This is when he decided that he wanted to have something with Martha because he felt like this was a sign of, like, unconditional love. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. I know. <gasps> I know. <sighs> um, One of his previous... So one of his very last ventures before martha came into his life was he took a woman back to spain with him that he had married and she just ended up dead but here (laughs) he was never linked to it because Uh they didn't do an autopsy yeah they're like Mm -hmm. she dead it's cool whatever we're not worried about it moving on (sighs) anyway these people they decide boy yeah. Either way. They, they they start doing their thing. So Raymond starts looking for women. He eventually finds a lady named Myrtle Young. Raymond seduces the girl under the pretense that Martha is his sister. So Martha is able to live with them because, like, this is just my sister. And a lot of these women were like, oh, that seems so legit. Now I feel better about living with this human, right? Oh, no. Because there's another female around. I feel so much better about my life. Oh, no. Um, so they got married in 1948. Martha never left them alone. She was always around. But Martha's kind of a jealous human. Hmm. She doesn't like Raymond having... Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, right? So she, like, continually like was always around would literally like martha never wanted raymond to consummate the marriage with whoever she was marrying or he was marrying so she would go to extreme lengths to make sure they never had sex so martha literally at one point was sleeping in myrtle's bed every night (laughs) so she wouldn't have sex with raymond um at one point myrtle like loses her shit and is like i'm fucking done with you who are who are you his sister that's weird you care too much right yeah yeah so Raymond just shoves sleeping pills in her mouth and knocks her out. Oh, shit. From there, the two carry her body. Not even her body. I shouldn't say her body. She's very well alive. She's just drugged the shit out. Oh, no. And they put her on a bus to send her back home. <laughs> We're returning this one, too. We're done with it. Um, by the time she got back, she had overdosed and died on the bus. Oh, my God. Yeah. From there, they move forward with their scheme. Their next victim is 66-year-old Janet Fay. Um, in 1949, Martha still tried their best to make sure that the two did not have sex, but one night, she found them both in bed getting it on. <sighs> Martha, Martha, Martha. Once again, the jealous Martha she is flies into a blind rage and begins just beating the shit out of janet with a hammer oh no poor janet she even put a scarf around her neck to use as a tourniquet so like this is not great (gasps) after she basically dead raymond like just leapt into action started cleaning 
help dispose of the body, like, never actually, like, reprimands Martha for any of this. No, because to him, he's like, oh, you really do love me. That's why you're doing this. Absolutely. They ended up buying a trunk and put the body inside and left it at Raymond's actual sister's house for a few days. (laughs) Weird. I know. Um, Once they got the trunk back, they buried the body in the basement of a home and covered it with cement. Um, and used all of Janet's savings and sent fake letters to her family being like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm good. So they still carried on their scam, basically. Yeah, they were keeping it going. They, they were they were deep into it. Yes. So the two of them are running out of money at this point. They need a new victim. They find another one. <laughs> Why not just get a fucking job? You know, that'd be easier, wouldn't it? But OK, yeah, let's keep no. scamming people. So Delphine Downing. Oh, um, Delphine. Delphine Downing. Oh, that brings me back to like the first episode we ever did. I know. Delphine. I know. Ah, anyway. Uh, she invited them to stay with her in 1949. Uh, and she'd be like, didn't love the two like of them together. <sighs> this is going to get heavy really fast. And she began to like question him like, you guys are weird. Your brother and sister, this isn't right. Once again, they knock her the fuck out with sleeping pills. Oh, no. (sighs) Problem is, she had a two-year-old daughter. Uh Uh-oh. Two-year-old begins freaking out. Of course. Oh, God. So Martha chokes the child. Oh, my God. At this point, the child is alive but had large red, like, rings around her neck where Martha had strangled her. And Raymond knew that, like, if... Basically, if Delphine woke up and saw these rings, he, they he she would know something happened and called the police. So he ended up shooting Delphine right in the head. Oh my god! And then hung out in the home for a while until they killed the child too and drowned her in a tub with dirty water. Oh come on! I know. They buried the two side by side in the basement. And then they went to a cinema. Oh, my God. Then they were like, oh, we're just going to go to a movie. No big deal. Yep. They were arrested the next day. Everything had kind of just caught up to them. Nothing in particular. Just a lot of, like, people dying in your wake. Hmm. Weird. Weird. Yeah, what's happening here? (sighs) Mm -hmm. But the two continued to send letters together in jail and were very, like, Lovey up to the end, conditionally, like, up, like, to each other, and they they both confessed. Like, they both said, yeah, I fucking did this. Oh, my god! Um, and there's even a picture of them where they're hanging out with their attorney holding hands, like. Like, they showed no remorse. They showed no remorse. what it is. They have no remorse for anything that they did. They're just giant pieces of shit, and it, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's awful. What the hell? I mean, it was, it was a super public case. Raymond's last words were, I want to shout it out. I love Martha. What do the public know about love? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. 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 He asked for an onion omelet, french fries, chocolate, and a Cuban cigar for his last meal. Martha's last meal was fried chicken, french fries, and salad. And she, her last words were, my story is a love story. But only those tortured by love can know what I mean. I'm not unfeeling, stupid, or moronic. I'm a woman who had a great love and always will have it. Imprisonment in the death house was has only strengthened my feeling for Raymond. And they both were executed on March 8th, 1951. On the same day, even. By electric chair. That's interesting. And that's my case. Damn. <clears throat> Good job, Bean. I know. <gasps> I found them so interesting. I was like, this is weird. Oh, my gosh. I like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my case is a little heavy. That's fine. But, you know, it's it's got some good points to it, too. Can we take three seconds? Yes. I am. I need another beer, to be honest with you. My case. Well, no. My case this week. Okay. Okay. It's a little cuckoo bananas. I'm excited. I know. Okay. So I am doing the K 
Ken and Barbie killers. I am really excited. This is nothing. This is something I've never really looked into, but I've always wanted to know about. Yes. So, I'm. Well, what I would like. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about them, and then I'm going to show you pictures as we go yes. along because I feel like you need to see these pictures to understand, and they will be on um, all of our social media. So. Beautiful. Okay, so it starts with Paul Bernardo. Bernardo. Yes, Paul Bernardo. I love um, it. Paul Bernardo was born August 26th. Nope, August 27th. I'm going to drink already. Do it. God damn it. <laughs> August 27th, 1964. Um, he was born in Canada. Okay. And he lived in Scarsborough, which is in Ontario. Okay. Okay. So... He was born to this lady who was married to somebody who she let him believe was his dad all along. And when he was 15 years old, she finally told him that that was not his biological father. So you can imagine what that would do to somebody, right? That alone. Then come to find out his father was a real, I don't know, dickweed great yeah real dickweed okay and um made his mom sleep in the basement she wasn't even allowed to sleep upstairs with them what the fuck he would like moo at her when she walked by oh fuck you he would like degrade her constantly he would he would go and have sexual tryst with whoever he wanted and then he'd come home and like he would go downstairs and have sex with his wife and just be like mean and degrading the whole time. So yeah. So this is what he grew up witnessing. Yeah. And that's what he finds. Okay. Yes. And then he found out that his, the guy that he thought was his father wasn't his biological father. So after that, he had a real attitude towards his mom. And I think that you'll see later, like really plays out in like the things that he used to say and do to these women. Okay. So, that's kind of where we start. Um, I hate the it. Other right. Um, so then our uh, the the Barbie to our Ken is Carla Homolka. Okay. And Carla was born May fourth, nineteen seventy. So they were six years apart, just like your people were. Yep. She was six years younger. Um, she also grew up in Canada, um, in Ontario, but she grew up in um, Port Credit. It says, I thought. There's another town that they were living in, too, when things kind of hit the fan, but her family was there also. Um, anyway, she was the oldest of three daughters. Very beautiful. Um, he was very, actually, attractive looking in hand. God damn it. <laughs> I'll drink with you. <laughs> very handsome. Very attractive. She was beautiful and blonde. Here's a picture of them. Oh, Yeah beautiful for that time i love that for sure like you know like this is the 80s this is i when love they're it together this is the 80s and very i mean very just like blonde hair i and love it surfer almost looking 80s i don't know it's, oh yeah. yeah i always think of the 80s as like that hairstyle where it's like i'm gonna have really short let's get the mullet for women yeah exactly yeah. no for sure because it's all like curly up here yeah um anyway so she was growing up she kind of was a rebellious child like she didn't really listen to her parents and mm. she kind of would do what she wanted her parents let her drink at a young age and she just kind of took it from there and just did what she wanted yeah. um her and her friends always had this like thing where they wanted to be married and just have a ring and be housewives and be taken care of kind of thing Got it. um her and her friends i forget the exact name but it was like they formed a club that was called like the diamond girls or diamond <laughs> empire or something like wow, that okay and it was kind of like this long-standing competition between her and her friends as to like who was going to get engaged and get married first <sighs> yeah i feel it <laughs> oh no i'm last yeah, girl, I had to wait four years. I, I get it. I get it. Um, so anyway, as she got older, she was very into animals, and she started working for a veterinary clinic. Cool. Yeah, which I... See, up until the, up until the point where she becomes, like, a psychotic bitch, I really <laughs> like her. I'm like, I want to be a part of your diamond club, and I love animals, too. <laughs> you know? Like... <laughs> I just can't handle the psychotic bitch part. <laughs> Starts killing people. Fuck. Oh, we had to go. We had to take it that far. Anyway. Oh, no. So uh, it, I think it was said. Let's see. She was 17 years old, and it was 1987, and she went to a convention in Canada. And her and her friend were. were her friend was also working at the veterinary clinic. They went to this convention together. 
At the end of the night, they were at a hotel bar, which I don't know what the legal drinking age is there, but I, they were at least having dinner. I don't know that they were drinking. Okay. So Paul and one of his friends walk in, and that's how they meet. And they, it was said that, like, the moment that they laid eyes on each other, it was, like, this crazy instant connection. Like, hmm. she knew immediately, like, that was going to be her husband kind of thing. It was, like, very weird in that sense i don't not believe in that yeah for sure but i feel like uh, it's chemistry i don't know that it's like oh we're destined to be together it's you have a chemistry you have an instant yeah an instant chemistry so it's like the love or lust thing yeah you know um anyway so they ended up they hung out all night and at the end of the night she invited the guys back up to their hotel room that she was sharing with her friend and her and paul proceeded to have sex in front of the friends Oof. That's where I lose, where you lose me. Yeah, and basically they were just like, "Look, if you don't like it, you can leave." Wow. Now I'm not saying don't get you some girl. Like, get what you want, do what you want. But yeah, the, it was they were starting this pattern of like the sexual thrill of like having sex in front of people. Gotcha. Yes. So they were together for quite like they. He lived in a different town, so he would come to visit her on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Only on the weekends. But her family immediately loved him as well, so he would be able to stay the night and stay the you yep. know, the whole weekends. Her family even, like, referred to them, or, like, referred to him as, like, the weekend son-in-law kind of thing. And, like, nobody seemed to mind that she was only 17 and he was 23. And, again, I don't know the age of consent there either, but... Where at again? Uh, Canada. Canada's 19. Is it? Yeah, I, I heard that today. Okay, well, there you go. So... But it, it consents... It gets really weird because then you can also do something of like, oh, I, I'm i fine with them doing this, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think... I think her parents should have maybe made a bigger deal out of it than they did, but... Right. You know, they... Everybody was like spellbound by this guy okay like everybody was like okay he's so at the same time that they're meeting and starting a relationship and he's visiting her on the weekends Mm -hmm. um in the town that he was living in which was scarborough scarborough yeah um there was a rapist on the loose what what happened what happened oh my god you went to open it and there's no time i tried to open an already open beer (laughs) tried to twist off the cap on her beer but she'd already done it <laughs> i think i'm done drinking for the evening oh my god well, you've had a bunch of whiskey before now mm-hmm. too so <laughs> that's why like i almost bought wine with nikki and i was like i need to stick with like whiskey or beer like i <laughs> i should oh i shouldn't mix the two okay i love it i'm here okay. I'm, I'm listening no, you're good so at the same time there became a rapist in the city that he was living in okay and they it was it was becoming a serial rapist and the mo was is that somebody would sneak up behind the girls and would not show them his face and would you know rape them and while doing so would make them say degrading things about themselves mm. and and all of that yeah so one person did happen to get a look at this guy and realized um like when she went to the cops they did a, you know a sketch yeah. and when the sketch came out it looked just like Paul you know, and it wasn't one of those that, like, sometimes it kind of, like, it doesn't really look like anybody or it looks like everybody. This one looked just like him. I'm getting Ted Bundy vibes. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Kind Actually, the way the way that he was is very similar to Ted Bundy, actually. So, God damn it. That was a good, that was a good was use. Good, actually, but I'll drink anyway. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to buy us, like, cups that say actually and basically. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> So, and it was even said that, like, his friends were, quote, unquote, joking how much it looked like him. He went and told uh, Carla, he's like, oh, yeah, my friends think this looks like me, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the first, I think I read or I heard that they had 19,000 uh, people call in and give tips on who it could be. Holy and, cow. And of those, three of them were him. So he can't. He was questioned. He was yeah. pulled in. He was questioned. He gave a DNA sample. Um, he was very cooperative. And at that point, they had nothing else, so they had to let him go. Mm, okay. Okay. So he got he got let go. Um, then they, when him and Paul, or excuse me, um, 
they had been together since, well, they got engaged. He finally proposed to her and they got engaged. And she really just kind of became like super obsessed with him. Mm. And a big part of their relationship was that she wasn't a virgin when they got together. Mm. And he was all about having a virgin. So he used to give her a very hard time about it and always like made her feel bad, right? That's bullshit. It is bullshit. However, like, she was all about, like, all of his sexual endeavors. Like, one of the first times that they were, like, he spent the weekend at her house, like, she was all about, like, here, handcuff me and do this and do that. And, like, she was all about all of that, right? So she was fulfilling those needs, but the one need she couldn't fulfill was the fact that she wasn't a virgin. And this was, like, really hard for him for some reason. I don't know. I just, I think he, he's a fucking piece of shit yeah he is so this brings us to the point where they were engaged but not married yet and for and he kept harping on her about how much he liked her little sister oh no yeah her 15 year old little sister no 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 yes so she was only um Sorry. No, you're fine. So, yeah, she was only 15, and but the the thing that he liked about her was obviously that she was a virgin. Right, because that's his whole Yep, shebang. that was his whole MO. So, in the end, um, they, like, it was said that, like, one day they were all hanging out, and he went, he needed to run to the store, and his sister, or her sister, her sister's name was Tammy, um, wanted to go with him just because she looked up to him, like, kind of like a big brother, and she was like, okay, right. like, you're awesome, like, let, you know... And so, like, they disappeared for, like, a trip that should have taken, like, an hour. They disappeared for, like, six hours. Oh, my God. And when they came back, it was, like, everything was fine except for Carla, like, freaked out and got all jealous and was, like, what the fuck happened, basically? Right. Like, where were you guys? And Paul admitted to them, like, making out. For six goddamn hours, you do not make out for six hours. You'd have a f- or nor do you make out with your uh, fiance's fifteen-year-old sister. Well, that too, but you'd have like Kool-Aid lips. <laughs> yeah, right. So he kept harping this point, and because he was able to get whatever he wanted out of Carla, he would manipulate her into things and now there's been some debate about how much he was able to manipulate her or how much of it she was just willing to do but she used to call him like my king my this my that like i'll do whatever you want yeah and in the end he eventually talked her into offering up her little sister as a christmas present so she agreed because she knew that tammy would never agree to have sex with him like just naturally right so they of course drugged her so it literally was two days before Christmas. The family was all together at Tammy's family's house. And everybody else had gone to bed. And Tammy and Paul and Carla were the ones still left up. So Carla and Paul started feeding her uh, drinks that had crushed up sleeping pills in them. No. Yes. And Carla had also gotten this drug called Helifane. Hel- Helifane? Holifane? H-A-L-O-T-H-A-N-E. Holothane. Holothane. Um, it was from her veterinary office. Yeah. It's and like a, basically a tranquilizer. It is a tranquilizer. However, it is one that is administered through a vaporizer. Hmm. And it, so it makes it, like, work but not toxic to anything else. Right. Well, so they drugged her and she got to the point where she was passing out and he was like, okay, use the, like, use the, the drug on her now. And so, uh, she ended up putting it just on like a, a rag. And again, because it's supposed to be in a vaporizer, it ended up burning her skin like super bad, but it was a way for them to keep her like under the influence. Yes. So he could do what he did. So he ends up raping her. They videotaped the whole thing because it's the only way that they can hold on to this, right? In the end, he quote-unquote forces, but she agrees that Carla ends up performing oral sex on her own sister while he's recording all of this, right? Shortly thereafter, I know, I told you it gets dark, but it's like crazy. Shortly thereafter, she, um, Tammy ends up like starting to throw up. 
and because she's like overdosed at this point and um so they call 911 and they're like look my sister's not breathing like she's you know she just threw up this that and the other so they end up showing up okay i'm going to show you this picture which is so awful so they end up the paramedics end up showing up and somehow through all of this they believe that it was just a 15 year old girl that completely overdrank and she ended up dying. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, look at her face. Holy shit. That's sh- what the, the drug did to her Okay, face. yeah, that's over drinking. No, it's not. Well, so, what they, they, so, it's this big red mark on the side of her face and her lips where literally you can see, like, the skin is burned. And the way that um, Carla and Paul, like, explained it off is they said that it was a rug burn from when they pulled her off of the bed onto the the floor and was like trying to perform CPR. Bullshit. Oh my god. That doesn't I, look anything like a rug burn. That does not look like a rug. I hate that. And again, I will post these pictures because I think these are like in order to explain this, you kind of need to see I these. I hate that. Everything about it I hate. Yes. And that's the thing is nobody questioned it. The police, her parents, nobody. They just thought it was an unfortunate event that happened to a 15-year-old girl no. that was drinking too much. I hate that. Nobody questions anything about it. I, I was hate like, that. are you kidding me? So then we move on to their next victim. <sighs> appropriate, skepti- appropriate skepticism is such an important skill. And it should happen. Yeah. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter whose feathers you ruffle. If you think something isn't right, especially when it comes to something like this, fucking speak up. Yeah. Because now look at, I'm, I'm seeing multiple victims over there. Yeah. So in total, we'll have three of their victims. <sighs> this doesn't count. This does yeah, well we'll get into it. So I'm grumpy. I know. <laughs> Leslie Mahaffey um was a fourteen year old girl. Again. I so know. young. So young. Um <sighs> yeah. So she was somebody that she didn't make it home on time for her curfew and so her parents locked her out. Oh my not I think that's part of it. We're not Sorry. super close. Sorry. Um, we've been looking at the, the recording. I think we've been kind of <laughs> We're far trying away. to figure it out. Anyway, so she was somebody who her parents had told her, if you don't make it home by curfew, we're locking you out. And that's that. And she didn't make it home in time at 14 years old. Okay. Didn't make it home in time. Got locked out. Her family was, and I'm not blaming them, obviously. They're, they were just doing what they felt well, was. Well, at that time, that seemed normal. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. That was normal. A hundred percent. Um, so as she was driving around or as she was like walking around, like he pulled up and saw her, it was just Paul at this point and he offered her a cigarette. So she got in the car and before she knew it, she was taken to their house. So Paul gets home with her and he goes upstairs and he tells, um, he tells Carla, I brought somebody home, but I just like, I just want some time alone with her. You stay here. So he proceeds to torture and rape this girl for 24 hours. 24 hours. And Carla is just in another room, minding her own business, letting it all happen. What? Yeah. So this is where this is confusing, though, of, like, you're obsessed with him, yet you're letting him do... What? Oh, my God. Yes. So... I don't... I don't... He brought her home originally to share with Carla... So after he was done doing what he... It's not sharing. It's what you want, you sadistic fuck. Yeah. So after... Well, but that's the thing is after he was done doing what he wanted to with her, he then went to Carla and was like, okay, like, let's bring you in on this. And he was like telling the girl like, oh, now you get to have sex with two people. And so then Carla took her turn doing whatever. And all of this is video recorded. Which is... Wow. Yes, it's Look at all that sweet baby. I'm looking at her picture. I know, isn't she so sweet? I know. Mm. I couldn't even like 14. What was I doing? That's like what? Sophomore? No, that's not even sophomore. That's like freshman. No, that's that's middle school. Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> so here's the other thing: is this happened? They killed her. Um. How? Okay, wait, tell me how. Uh, they just strangled her. He strang- Just cause? He strangled her. That was because she saw him and saw them. So that was his way. Like, he just strangled him. 
Um, but I can't remember if it was her. Sorry, give me two seconds here. Let me get gather my. No. No, I know. Oh, yes. So then what happened is, is her family, Carla's family, was supposed to come over for a dinner. Mm-hmm. And like literally that night. So after killing her, they put her body in the basement and then let her family come over and have dinner. What? Yeah. Yeah. And then and then they later took her and um, they he dismembered her and he cut her body up into pieces and put it into concrete and then they took that concrete and they went and they dumped it into Lake Gibson. No. He even said at one point that because her hair was darker that he had to like paint the blocks. Like this he had to paint the cement to match her hair. No. No. Yeah. No. So then we progress to Kristen French. Kristen no. French was also a 15 she was a 15-year-old girl. Okay. Yeah. She was a role model student at a Catholic school and Literally, it was in the middle of the day. The school had just gotten let out, and girls were walking by, and it was Carla and Paul in a car, and Kristen walked up, and they asked her for directions, is how it happened. So, and they were, like, on a map. She was like, oh, can you show me? And broad daylight, Paul gets out, walks around, puts a knife to her, and says, get in the car. Broad fucking daylight. Getting ballsy, too. Exactly. So that we're progressing and we're getting ballsy and it's just, and all, and like, I don't know. He's just, he's one of those egotistical, like, I do what I want, everything, everybody loves me. When he was torturing these poor girls and having sex with them, he would make them say things like, I'm a slut. I deserve this. I, um, you're the best. You're the king. Like, all these crazy things. Anyway. Dude, you got some issues. Well, and that's why I say it kind of stems back, I think, from, like, his father. Like, first of all, I think his he ended up having hatred towards his mom because she lied about who his real dad was. Yeah. But then he also, even though that wasn't his biological son, he grew up with his step... Well, not stepdad. I mean, who he thought was his biological father doing all these nasty things to his mom. Right. And thinking that was okay. Oh, and I did forget to tell you that there was also allegations in the home of his dad sexually molesting his sister as well. So there's, there, it was all fucked up, right? All fucked up. Yeah. So they ended up having Kristen for three days and they tortured her and raped her. They intoxicated her with alcohol. Um, and she, again, was videotaped. Um, they, that was their thing. Like, they liked to be, like, that was their trophy was videotapes, right? In the end, he... He ended up strangling her. Um, but here's the other. Okay, these are the two funny things about this story, okay? So, A, this guy was an aspiring rapper. And his what? role model was Vanilla Ice. <laughs> what? Okay. And I forgot this part earlier, but um, Carla used to call his penis Snuggles. <laughs> <laughs> how intimidating right snuggles the penis snuggles so before he the, before they strangled and killed Kristen, he literally made her watch the tape that they had made with um leslie the no. girl the first girl and then he made her listen to his rap music hey yo check out my mixtape don't worry it's from snuggles don't worry yeah yeah snuggles on the mic one two <laughs> <laughs> As if torturing her and and like every and raping her wasn't wow. bad enough, you made her fucking listen to your rap music, you piece of shit, which was probably awful. <laughs> torture enough, it feels like. Mm. Wow, that might have been worse torture. Anyway, so That's in the something. end, um, they found her naked body along uh, uh, along a road uh, in mm. in uh, April of 1992. I should also point out. Sorry again, I for. I'm a little out of order because my notes, but um, the day that, so Paula and Carla eventually got married, even though he was doing all this crazy shit, 
Um, he was actually sleeping with somebody else, like a normal relationship, sleeping with somebody else. And she still married him. And literally the day they got married is when the police found Leslie Mahaffey's body in the cement blocks in the lake. Are you serious? On the day they got married. How weird is that? So fucking weird. So weird. Um, so in the end, how it all came about that they ended up getting caught is because Paul, again, was a real piece of shit. And not only was he verbally and, like, verbally and emotionally abusive to Carla, he was physically abusive. Yeah. And they got into a huge, they got into a fight where he ended up beating her with a flashlight. And she had two black eyes. Um, I need to show you these pictures real fast if I can find him. Yeah. But she had two black eyes. And I'm not talking, like, little, like... Um, oh my god. Car. You doing okay? No. I'm feeling real drunk, y'all. Let me find him. Anyway, so she ended up with these two really bad black eyes. And she ended up in the emergency room. And she was in the hospital for quite some time. Oh. Can you see that? Oh. So that type, I read about that that type of black eyes like that comes from a uh, blunt force trauma, like basically to the head. So like he used this, he didn't hit her eyes. But he, he hit used, the head. He hit her head with the flashlight. Mm. Um, so. That's gnarly. Isn't that gnarly? So while she was at the hospital, the police had already been, you know, doing some more investigating on the Scarsboro rapist. Yeah. And they, at this point, which was like two years after they had originally collected his DNA, they were finally, it finally got tested and he became a match for several of the girls. So he was the rapist and they were able to pull him in and when they... When she went into the hospital, they used that as their opportunity to be like, oh, I we might be able to get her to confess and, like, break the two up, yeah. essentially. Which is, in, which is what ended up happening. So, Carla was like, all right, like, if I testify, can I get immunity? She wanted complete immunity. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, no, you tell us what you know, and we'll see what we're going to do, but we can't give you complete immunity. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. In the end... Uh, Paul, so she testified against him. She said everything that happened. Paul stood his ground and claimed that the three murders, because they were only three murders, the rest were just sexual sexual assaults. Not just, but they were. Like, right. Um, but in the end, he claimed that the three murders were all Carla's doing. I mean, of course. That's what he's going to do, right? He said that she was just, she became enraged with jealousy while uh-huh. he was having sex with them. So uh-huh. she killed him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, but in the end, uh, Paul ended up getting life without the possibility of parole, uh-huh. which he should have for everything that he did. Piece of shit. Again, I can't, I just can't. Um, and... Here's the kicker to it all, though, is that uh, Carla, because of her testimony, she ended up plea bargaining down and ended up with 12 years in prison. Oof. Yes, she only got 12 years for her pl- for her role in it all. She only got 12 years. Um, that doesn't feel good. And they told her that she had the, you know, she was eligible for parole after three years with good behavior. However, when it came time for the parole board to make a decision, they basically were like, no, we think that you were very aware of what you were doing, even though you, and we think that you're just as manipulative as a human as he was, and we're not going to allow you to be paroled. So she served her 12 years in total. She was released from prison on July 4th of 2005. Good. Um, and yeah, yeah, right, I guess. Um, and I did hear that since being released from prison, she ended up marrying her attorney's brother. What the fuck? And had like three kids. Um, who is this human? (laughs) Right. And now she just kind of lives under the radar. I think there was something about it that she changed her name, possibly, you know, because once you get out of, um, I mean, you should probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's 
kind of where that ended. Oh my god, so he's still in jail. He's still in jail. He's serving life without the possibility of parole. Right. Not only for the murders, but for all the rapes. But he's still alive and stuff, mm-hmm. is what I meant by yeah. that. Yep, he's still alive, he's still in jail. Um, and yeah, that's... She's now out and has been since 2005 and living her life, doing her own thing. That's a long time. It's 14 years. I know. And, but again, there was a big, like, there was a big argument between the cases of, like, was all of it because he was forcing her or was it because she was choosing to play a part two? I don't know. Um, she, there was a movie made of it called Carla where, um, Oh, uh, the chick from Orange is New Black, and she played Donna, Lauren Preporn, Preporn, Oh, I don't know what her actual name is. Laura, Lauren, something. You know who I'm talking about, though. Yes. Um, She played her, and I I watched it on Amazon. Was it good? It was was an okay movie, but in the movie, they definitely make her the victim of him, and just whatever he wanted yeah. to do. They definitely made him the dirtbag throughout the whole thing, which he is. That makes sense, But, I, again, it goes back to, like, how much did she really play a role, or was she just really being that abused by him, too? Right. So. Interesting. Good yeah. job. Isn't that a crazy case? I, yeah. That is I, the Ken and Barbie killers, and it's because you see them, and you're like, oh my god, like, they're beautiful humans. Like, they wouldn't do something like that. Or that's what you automatically assume, right? What's amazing, too, is, like, their names sound so familiar to me. Or the Scarlesboro Rapists. Like, mm-hmm. these things sound so familiar to me, but I didn't have any awareness of the cases. Yeah, and I hadn't either. I had seen them come up a couple times, and then I was like, I was listening to a podcast, um, uh, Murder Made Me Famous. I listened to that one, and they were on there, and that's where they talked about, like, the snuggles penis thing, and oh, I, Jesus. like, lost my shit. I was like, okay, that's hilarious. I can't handle that And then shit. I was like, all right. So, anyway, that was my case this week. Good and job. should we lighten the mood? As always. As always. All right. It's Corky Clippings. Okay, okay. Can I tell you something? Three seconds. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with you, but you kept looking at your microphone and crossing your eyes. Well, because I realized how like close I was. You literally cr- probably did that six different times where you crossed your eyes while looking at your microphone. Because I got too close. <laughs> it was h- weird and hilarious, but oh. I didn't want to interrupt you. So Thanks. Thanks for pointing it out. You're now. welcome. Now you know. Perfect. I can be a cross-eyed bitch if I want to. <laughs> falls down a whale, eyes go cross. Gets kicked by a mule, they go back. It's the craziest thing. It's the craziest thing. It's that time of year. Can't help it. Okay. So, couple lost in corn maze calls 911. <laughs> That's the point. What? Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. I love that. Okay. Drunk Parrots acting up and falling out of sky in Australia. Again. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a problem here? It literally says again in parentheses. <laughs> the drunk parrot, or drunk, not drunk parrot, drunk animal thing is hilarious to me because when I think about, remember there was that one where the drunk elk killed that man's wife. Yes. Like, what? Yeah. What did they... I just love that it was like they fa- they're falling out of the sky in Australia, but then it's all... Again. again. <laughs> this is the problem. Are they, they dying? Have, they have drunk parrots. Uh, they're... Oh, they get inebriated by eating a particular plant. That's funny. And then just fall... Oh, and then, my God. And then they're drunk, so they fall out of the tree. I can't. I can't with that. <laughs> um... Okay, man allegedly wounded by two booty call ninjas. <laughs> what? Oh, booty call ninjas. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Okay, man admits switchblade assault in squirrel debate. So, Did he have a he had a debate with a squirrel? A teen who threatened a man with a switchblade in a dispute over the teen's attempt to stab a squirrel has admitted to charges in district court. What? Yes, what? he pled guilt. He pled guilty to a felony guilty. guilty with an assault with a weapon. What? Yeah. Who are these people? So apparently he was going to stab them? a squirrel, 
and uh <laughs> yeah where do you find these people whatever this guy's name is lance joseph topel he's 19 um keep an eye out for him he's already killing animals i was gonna say he's trying that's to one of the squirrels. three one of the three <laughs> <laughs> is he wetting the bed and setting fires that's important as well they did not say that but he's one of the three Ooh. That's part of the lost footage of, like, Nikki getting two-thirds of McDonald's homicidal triad. Yes. Right. And I was so proud of her. We're going to hopefully find it. I would really love to just find it because that started off so good. Oh, but my God. The beginning was hilarious. But uh, anyway. Anyway. All we right. made it. Oh, my God. We did this. Oh, tonight. my God. We did it. We made it. Okay. We both. Okay. Thank God. This is a moment. This is a moment of therapy. Okay. A growing moment of Sometimes in life, you just don't want to, but 90% of life is just showing up and doing it. Yes. And we did that tonight. We did. It's been a struggle. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we will hopefully find lost footage. I hope. I if know. If not, then uh, who just, knows what we got for you next week. Fuck I it. I think what will happen, <laughs> honestly, is I'll have to. I talked about Ed Kemper which I really love him. He's, I think we're just going to have to do it all over again. I think what will happen is your guy is still fine, but I'm worried about your response to my guy, so I might just have to redo my mommy issues. Maybe. So we'll figure it out. It'll be fine, but at least you got to listen to us talk about some killer, criminal, codependent couples. Yeah. 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 And again, if there's other cases that you guys, like each week we just pick something, but if there's something yes. that you guys want to hear, like please... Like, send us an email, yep. message us on yep. Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. I almost said Twitter. We don't have a Twitter. Don't do that. <laughs> if you want us to have a Twitter, let uh, us know. Excuse me. Beautiful. All right. And on that note. On that note, give us a five star for that that burp. That's yes. the best way to help yes. us out. And yes. We made it. We made it. <laughs> excuse me. Is this your crocodile? <laughs>